Well, good morning. So good to see everybody here today on this beautiful, hot and sunny Sunday. It is hot and sunny somewhere, right? Well, I'm so glad you're here this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, and I'm sure that you do, uh, thank you. Will you take them out and go to Luke chapter 17 is where we're going to be this morning. Luke chapter 17 um, here on this Memorial Day um, weekend. I'm just going to let you know where we're headed over the next couple weeks. We are going to take a break uh, from our study on the book of Acts, and uh, we are going to, for the summer, uh, for our summer sermon series, uh, we are going to look at the names of God. Lord, I want to know you. And so we're going to look over the next several weeks, um, what are the names of God and what does that mean for us and how we can live our lives? Psalm 8 says this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Psalm 9 says this, those who know your name put their trust in you. Proverbs 18 says this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Uh, Daniel chapter 11 says this, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. And so that's where we're going over the next uh, several weeks for the month uh, or for the months of the summertime. And so I know it's summer, but we still have church. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to be here every Sunday. Don't lie in church, y'all. Don't lie. Well, I know many of us go on vacations, but you, uh, you commit to your local church, and um, we're going to be faithful in preaching God's Word and worshiping our Lord, Lord and Savior. Well, Luke chapter 17, um, I've titled today's message... Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. Uh, We can be pretty forgetful at times. Can I get an amen on that? Uh, This past Monday, uh, my wife and I celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary. We woke up on that Monday morning, and uh, we got dressed, we got ready to leave to to go to work, and then we both stopped and looked at each other And we were looking at each other like, you know, there's something special about today, but we're not really quite sure. What is it? And thankfully, men, thankfully, my wife forgot the anniversary before I did. Can I get an amen, guys? Yes. She saved me because I told her I didn't forget, which is not true. But... uh, but uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes that happens, we, we do forget. Um, I, it reminds me of a, of a story of, of a lady who went into a, a pet shop to uh, buy some food for her dog, and she walked in, and right near the front door was a, was a parrot, and we all know parrots, they like, to, they like to share what's on their mind. And so this parrot just, he spoke up right to this lady right when she walked by, and he said to this lady, you know you are the ugliest woman I've ever seen. That lady, she stopped in her tracks and she stared at that parrot and she said, are you talking to me? And the parrot said, do you know that you're the ugliest woman I've ever seen? This lady's furious. She's mad. She calls up the the manager, says, sir, you need to do something about this parrot. He just told me that I'm the ugliest woman he's ever seen. You need to do something about this parrot. So that manager, he grabbed the parrot, just beat him back and forth. Feathers are flying. 
put him back down on the pedestal and said, don't you ever tell this woman that she's the ugliest woman you've ever seen. And he looked at the lady, the manager did, and said, there you go. And the ma'am said, and the lady said, thank you so much. She went on about her business. She comes back out the door. She walks past the bird, the parrot, and she's walking by and the parrot says, hey you. The lady looked at her, looked at the parrot, and the parrot said, you know. <laughs> well, not a true story. But that parrot did not want that lady to forget that she was what? The ugliest woman that he had ever seen. Well, you know, one of the most amazing gifts that God gives us is our memory. God has given us as humans the unique ability above all creation to remember remember things. We can remember important things. We, we can remember things that, that aren't very important. But we have the unique ability to store millions and millions and millions of bits of information in our mind. And we, we have the ability to recall them and we have the ability to put them in, in order. And we have the unique ability to remember things. That's why many of you, you memorize the lyrics to songs when you were a kid. That's, that's a reason why I, I know the theme song to the Flintstones. Anybody with me? Flintstones. Something like that is exactly right. But you remember these things. It's just the unique ability that we have to remember. It's truly remarkable all the information that we can remember. Well, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that word remember is used over 160 times in our scripture, which tells us that God wants us to what? Remember. Genesis chapter eight, verse one, is the first time the word remember is used. And it says this, God remembered Noah. He remembered Noah who's in the ark and it says that God caused the wind to blow and caused the water, the flood to uh, subside. In Exodus chapter 13, uh, Moses tells the Israelites, Remember the day that you and I left Egypt and God passed over us. The fifth commandment says this, remember the Sabbath and keep it. It says remember. Nehemiah, the great leader in the Old Testament, when he comes back with a remnant from Babylon to Jerusalem and he rebuilds the wall. Uh, the book of Nehemiah is really a book about remembrance. In Nehemiah 4, verse 14, he says this, do not be afraid of those who oppose you. He says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, and fight for your homes. And so Nehemiah tells us, how do we fight? How do we stand up against those who oppose us? Nehemiah says, you remember the great and awesome God and who he is. You read the psalmist, Psalm 137 says this, may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I don't remember you. Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 says this, remember the creator in the days of your, in the days of your youth. 
Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter says this, that you and I need to remember the words that were spoken to us by the holy prophets, spoken to us by Jesus, and spoken to us by his apostles. God has given us the ability to remember. And that's extremely important. And this weekend, uh, we, we come to really a weekend of remembrance, don't we? Especially here in the United States where we remember uh, Memorial Day. We remember those who, who gave their lives for the freedom that we continually fight for today. We must never forget that cost. We must never forget what men and women did for us as we are walking in what they paid their lives for. We must never forget that. And so this weekend is a, a weekend of remembrance for our country, but for Christendom all across the world, today is, is also a day of remembrance because today is the day of Pentecost. How many of you had that on your calendar? It's Pentecost. Well, what is Pentecost? Penta means 50. And so Pentecost is 50 days after the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When Jesus rose from the grave for 40 days, he walked amongst us, he showed himself to us, he taught us um, what it means for him to rise from the dead, that he is going to come back again. Well, 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven. Before he ascended, Jesus told his disciples, you go back to Jerusalem and you wait for me, you wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. The disciples go back to Jerusalem, they go back into the upper room, and 10 days later, on day number 50, 50 days from the resurrection, at nine o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit showed up. And we entered into the realm or the age of the Spirit. And so, yes, as a church, or as, a, as a nation, we remember those who have fallen and gave their lives for us, but as believers in Christ Jesus, we remember the coming of the Holy Spirit, amen? Aren't you glad God the Father and God the Son sent God the Spirit? Amen? And we have reasons to celebrate that today. Well, so today is a day of remembering. Well, let's look at our text. Because we're going to look at our text and we're going to hear the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 17. We're going to begin in verse number 26. And we are going to hear Jesus tell us that there is somebody that we need to remember. This is one of Jesus' shortest statements. As a matter of fact, one of the verses that we're gonna key in on is only three words long. But what he tells us in this one verse that we'll get to, it is powerful and it is something that we need to remember. Well, you follow along as we read God's word this morning. Luke 17, beginning in verse number 26, and it reads, and just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, drinking, they were marrying, and they were given, being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. The flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, and they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30, and it will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. And on that day, the one who is on the housetop 
and whose goods are in the house must not go down to take them out. And likewise, the one who is in the field must not turn back. Here's our key verse for today, for the day. Remember Lot's wife. Can we say that verse together? You probably already have it memorized. All right, on the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Remember Lot's wife. Why in the world would Jesus give us this command to remember Lot's wife? When you read this, uh, these words of Jesus and you see the word remember, it is, it is present active imperative. Well, what in the world does that mean? It means this, it's a command. This is a command from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who says, remember Lot's wife. Now, what's a command? A command means this, that the person who says this expects you to do this. So our Lord and Savior, whom we worship, who we sing about, who we live our lives for, he says here in Luke 17, verse 32, he says this, you remember Lot's wife. Why is he telling us this? Well, let me give you the big idea of Luke chapter 17, and then I wanna share with you uh, three things that we can learn from Lot's wife. Now, here's the big idea, and I want you to write this down. The big idea of why we need to remember Lot's wife is this. Lot's wife reminds us to prepare for the return of Jesus. When Jesus says, remember Lot's wife, the context of what Jesus is talking about in Luke 17, really beginning beginning in verse number 22 through the rest of the chapter, the context is Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to the believers. He's speaking to those who believe that Jesus is the Messiah and they are following him. And he says to the disciples, and he says this to you and I today, he says this, this is what the world is gonna be like before our return. And in our text, Jesus compares uh, the moral and spiritual climate of his day, we can even say our day, to the same moral and spiritual climate of Noah's day and Lot's day. And he says, before I return, it's going to be like Noah's day, and it's going to be like Lot's day. That's what he says. Verse number 26 says, as it was in the days of Noah. He says in verse 29, as it was in the days of Lot, so it shall be when the Son of Man comes. What do we know about those days? If Jesus the Messiah says, you need to remember Lot's wife, because before I come, the day is going to be like Noah's day and the day is going to be like Lot's day. Well, then when you read the scripture, you have to ask what does Noah's day, or what did Noah's day look like? What did Lot's day look like? Well, you know this if you've studied scripture, but in Genesis chapter 6 verse 11, this is what it says about Noah's day. It said, the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. Are we there? Absolutely we're there. And this morning I read about uh, Russia as they continue to um, attack and bomb Ukraine. I read this morning that uh, last night Russia 
sent 54 of the world's largest drones to attack Kiev. Folks, we have violence in this world. Are you with me? There's violence in the world. Now, thankfully, 52 of those drones were shot down, but it still killed people. Now, we know the gun debate that's in our country today. We see the gun violence, but let me tell everybody, it's the heart of man that's the issue. It's not the gun in the hand. It's the heart. I believe you can have guns, absolutely. I believe you can. However, but it's the, until the heart change, the hand is not going to change. But we live in a day of violence. We live in a day when mankind has no respect for mankind. And the Bible says that before Jesus returns, it will be like the days of Noah, which was corrupt. There's no corruption in our world today. It's full of corruption and it will be filled with violence. Folks, our world is filled with violence. That's just Noah's day. Well, then what did Lot's day look like? Well, we know the story of Lot. Genesis chapter 19, when, uh, when Lot who lives in Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know the issue with Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah was filled with sexual perversion, which we know does not exist today. And Jesus said, before I return, it will be like the days of Lot, which is filled with sexual perversion and with those who are going to push their idea of sexuality upon the rest of the world. Um, I'm not targeting anybody in that comment. Are you awake this morning? That was a funny joke right there. Yes, I am targeting somebody. Target? Yeah, you finally got it. Well, Jesus says, you remember Lot's wife. Now, another reason why we need to remember Lot's wife and how we need to remember what life is going to be like before Jesus returns, we have to look at what took place again in Noah's life and Lot's life. What does Noah do? Noah builds what? He builds an ark. It takes him 120 years to build the ark. About 120 years, what does Noah say to everybody? You need to get right with God. That's what he says. He says, you get right. And the world rejected him. But Noah was saved because he trusted in the Lord. Jesus says, before I come back, it's gonna be like that day. What about Lot's life? Similar thing. Lot, right before he is, he and his family is escorted out of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot tells his sons-in-law, he says, you need to come with me because God is going to rain down fire. He is going to punish this city. And you know what it says about Lot's sons-in-law? It says, they thought Lot was kidding and they did not leave. You read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot loses his sons-in-law because they refuse, they refuse, they refuse to be uh, uh, rescued by the angels of the Lord well. And Jesus says, 
This is what it's gonna be like. He says, people are gonna be sexually perverse, there's gonna be violence, there's going to be corrupt, there's gonna be corruption, they are going to be selfish, they are going to live for themselves. He says this, here's what's gonna happen, they are not going to hear the cry of repentance, they're not going to hear the cry that they need to give their lives to the Lord. And Jesus says, this is what's going to happen before I return. And then what does Jesus say to that? We would think Jesus would say something like, well, we need to go tell people more and more about him, right? No, what he tells us is, you remember Lot's wife. Are you with me? You remember Lot's wife. Now, why does he tell us you remember Lot's wife? Here's why. Because Lot's wife, we don't even know her name. She must have been a beautiful thing. We don't know her name. But here's what we know in her story. She ultimately rejects God and his rescue story, and here's what happens to her. She's punished. And she remains a pillar of salt for all to see that when you and I reject God's redemption story and God's rescue story, here's what's going to happen. You will be punished. You remember Lot's wife. Well, let's look at a couple of things, what we can find out about Lot's wife. Here's three things quickly, um, and then at the end of our service, we're gonna pray for our student ministry who is going on a mission trip. And so, let's do three things real quick. Are you ready? Say amen. amen. Here's the first thing that I want you to see about Lot's wife and what we need to learn and why we need to remember from her. Number one, Lot's wife enjoyed spiritual privilege with limited or no life change. Now we don't know much about Lot's wife other than she's Lot's wife. We don't know her name. But what we can learn about her, we learn from her husband. And so what we learn from her is this, that she was around in an incredible spiritual heritage. She was around godly people. She was around God's word, but, but here's what happens. Her life was never or was never really changed. Question for you, is it possible for believers today or people today to, to uh, come to church, to, to worship, to read God's word? Is it possible that they can do that on a Sunday morning and go out the rest of the week and never experience life change? Absolutely it can happen. It happens right here with, Lot, uh, with Lot's wife. Um, again, you remember the story. Um, Lot's um, uh, uncle is Abraham. Lot's uh, uh, aunt is Sarah. Two, Could you say that again? Okay. Uh, Lot's uh, aunt was Sarah. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Siri, not Sarah. <laughs> Where was I? <clears throat> spiritual heritage. Lot's wife has a spiritual heritage. Uh, Lot's uncle, Abraham, Lot's um, aunt is Sarah. Two of the greatest 
faithful men and women in the Old Testament. Hebrews 11 talks about them. This great spiritual heritage. If you think about Lot's wife and who she was around, there's, it's highly, highly probable. We, we, we don't know for sure, but it's highly probable <clears throat> that Lot's wife comes with Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees and makes it to the promised land. It's quite possible Lot's with them. It's quite possible that Lot's wife sees Abraham build an altar to the Almighty God when he comes to the Promised Land and worships the Creator. It's quite possible she's there. It's quite possible uh, that Lot's wife sees and hears about this interesting character that, that Abraham comes in contact with by the man of, by the name of Melchizedek which is this great story of, of, of giving of, of his money to the Lord through this priest Melchizedek. We know that Lot's wife um, knows what's going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah. You know the story, Genesis chapter 19. When these two angels come to Sodom and Gomorrah and they talk to Lot and they say, you need to take your family out. And you remember the story. The city of Sodom and Gomorrah, they wanted, to, uh, they wanted to take these two angels and do terrible, terrible things to them. And Lot said, no, don't do it to these angels. Take my daughters. Lot's wife hears this. She knows that punishment and judgment is coming. She enjoyed an incredible spiritual heritage. She heard the stories. She knew God's story. She knew that God brought Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees to the promised land. She knew all of these things, yet her life never changed. And Jesus says, you remember Lot's wife. He says, you remember her because she had access to all of the spiritual information that she needed so that she would not be punished eternally and she did not take that opportunity. Listen, you come to church every single Sunday, you come on whenever the doors are open and you have access to God's word. Listen to me church, listen to me students. Don't take it for granted. These words offer life, and not just life on this planet, but life eternal. You don't take it for granted. Because you look at the story, what Jesus is telling us, that before he comes, Jesus says this, when Jesus comes, it's too late. He says, you're not gonna have time to go back and get your house in order. So what that means is we've gotta get our house in order before Jesus returns. Lot's wife knew everything. And she did not make the personal choice to believe and accept God's redemption and rescue story. She had all the spiritual information that she needed and she didn't apply it to her life. Church, don't, don't do that. You, you apply what you learn. You, you live the gospel life. You get changed by the gospel. You go read James chapter one, verses 22, 23 through 25, and it says this, don't be just a hearer of the word, you be a doer of the word. He says if you're a hearer of the word and you forget it, it's like you looking in the mirror, seeing yourself in the mirror, and then you walk away and you forget what you look like. James says, you don't be that person. 
And when Jesus says, you remember Lot's wife, he's saying, you don't forget what I've done for you. You choose to follow me. If not, just know this. If you don't follow me and follow my rescue and my redemption story, there is eternal punishment that's coming your way. You remember, you remember Lot's wife. Are you with me? Here's the second thing we can learn about Lot's wife. Number two is this, Lot's wife lived a life of disobedience. She lived a life of disobedience. We know in our story in Genesis chapter 19, when the two angels again come to Lot and say, you need to take your family and leave. And the angels said a couple things very important to them. They said this, you do not turn back around. You don't look back. Genesis 19 verse 26 says this, that she looked behind her and she became a pillar of salt. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we may think that that is uh, God being rather, rather harsh, but that's not the case because the angels told them don't do it. The angels of God said to them, said, you do not turn around. And that Hebrew word for turn around, it means this, you do not turn around and lust again for the things that you are leaving behind. That's what it means. It means that you don't look after something and so desire that more than you desire what God wants for you. That's the word that the angels use. And so in verse number 26 of Genesis 19, when it says, she looked behind her, here's what happens. She uses the same Hebrew word that the angels told her not to do. When Lot and his family leaves, Lot and his daughters, they keep going to the mountain, but Lot's wife stops and she turns back around and she lusts after what she just left behind her. Are you with me? Do you get the picture? In other words, she wanted more over here than she did of what God had in store for her. She was saying this. I, I, I would rather have Sodom and Gomorrah. Do we have people that live like that today? Say, I would rather have this than what God wants for me. And the reason that she is punished being judged, this this full judgment of God is because she lived a life of disobedience. And this reminds us of what Jesus said when he says, if you're gonna be a follower of me, he says this, he says, he says, no man who has put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Is this some serious stuff or what? Listen, if you're gonna follow Jesus, you follow Jesus. If you're not gonna follow Jesus, don't make a mockery of Jesus. Are you with me? Anybody feeling good this morning? You remember Lot's wife. You don't do what she did. She had a great spiritual heritage, no life change. She lived a life of obedience, and here's number three, and then we're gonna be done. Lot's wife loved the world more than she loved the Lord. Lot's wife loved the world more than she loves the Lord. Lot, Lot's wife was in love with Sodom. 
Lot's wife was in love with Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is known as the most evil place in all of history. She loved that more than she loved the Lord. The students, college students, the rest of us, we know, we know what the world's system of belief is. The world's system of belief is spiritually bankrupt. It's devoid of value. It is seek pleasure for yourself, think only for yourself, gain for yourself, don't think about anybody else, but it is spiritually bankrupt, it is empty, it is futile. The world system that the world wants you to follow is Sodom and Gomorrah. And Jesus says, before I return, this is what the world will look like. But you remember Lot's wife, and you don't love the world more than you love me. And the call for us today, and the call for us today is this. You and I, we can't, we can't follow a culture that doesn't follow hard after God. Amen? You and I cannot follow a culture, look like a culture, talk like a culture, do all the things that a culture does, we as believers in Christ cannot look like that if that culture is walking in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah. We cannot walk in that direction. We must choose to live differently. And all throughout scripture it tells us this, that you and I, we cannot serve both God and money at the same time. What does that mean? You gotta make a choice. You have to make a choice. And Jesus says, you remember Lot's wife. And the choice is up to you. Everybody in this room, you have heard scripture. Now you've gotta put it into action. And as you do, you remember Lot's wife. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. Father, I pray right now as we have looked at your word and we looked at your return and your command to us is to remember Lot's wife, I pray right now that we would remember her. Father, she chose the world over you, but may we choose you over the world. And Father, at this time, I pray that we would remember the love of Jesus, that we would remember that you gave your life so that we might live. And if there's somebody here today who is not responded to the love of Jesus and the ultimate sacrifice that you had given to us on your cross, I pray that today would be that day where they would bow their knee and bow their hearts to you and say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Come be the Lord and Savior of my life. And Father, we say to you, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And may we never 
never forget what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said.